Hey, hey. we back. Good to see you. Back. Good to see me too. I'm glad I'm still able to look at myself. Uh, as you uh, last week, you stated had a little bout with the uh, with the COVID nineteen, but we kicked its ass and uh, we back and we in full one hundred percent force. Two negative tests, so we're ready to go. I'm ready to start working again. So right on. I'm Cassandra Cusano, your girl, the sports nista, and my partner in time, Ramblin' Ralph Velez, who has kicked COVID in the booty and is we back here on levels. Um, Happy to see y'all on a Thursday. We've got an exciting show. We ain't going to play around. Let's get to it. Who's our first guest, Ralph? Without further ado, the new WBA interim super bantamweight champion of the world, Raiz the Beast Ali. <laughs> you ready What's to up? go? Sounds like that's an introduction where like some got to go down. That's right. How's it going, man? What's that? I, I didn't I didn't hear. I said after that introduction, right? It sounded like something need to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> when Ralph brings you out, um, congratulations. You had a dominant performance against Macias. At, at what point during that fight did you think, dang, are y'all gonna stop this? Well, um, uh, I was just zeroed in focused uh, after the, the second round when I, the first knockdown, uh, I knew I could hurt him. You know, I smell blood and uh, I just wanted to get him out of there. I didn't think that he had the conditioning to go the 12 rounds, but uh, I was fortunate enough to get the stoppage. It's a, a great fight. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were calling that a step up fight for you, but folks who had been watching you knew that you were capable of this. How good did it feel to actually put some of those doubts aside? Oh, well, you know, it, it felt amazing. Uh, a lot of hard work and preparation goes into uh, each and every fight. I, I You know, I, I did feel like this was another step up fight. Every time I've stepped up, I've not only won, I've dominated, you know, so it just lets me know that uh, I'm on another level. I'm reaching for another level. I feel like I'm on the pull up bar. You know, ah. almost there to that next level, you know, uh, but it just feels amazing to uh, execute everything that I wanted to do and uh, get the win. I had the privilege of announcing you uh, in Dodge City, Kansas, uh, a few years back. It was a fantastic card. I mean, th th that was like a pay-per-view worthy card with like Tyler Howard now uh, fighting with top rank undefeated. Brian Mendoza on that card. Alexis Asueta. You guys are all doing really well. But I want to go back a little bit to last Saturday. You're, you're getting ready to fight. Uh, King Promotion is now on the map with a world champion. Uh, I got to do work with uh, the, the promoter on a, a showbox card. Really nice guy. I like him a lot. Uh, real cool dude. But you're preparing, man. This is your first opportunity to get in and get that strap. And there's no fans, brother. Like it, it had to be kind of bittersweet for you because I know that we've all been through this. You're in the bubble. You've already done it a couple of times. It's kind of, you know, you, you, you kind of used to the situation already. Is it bittersweet for you or are you, were you still mentally focused? Like, I don't care who in the hell is in the crowd. I'm going in to dominate and get this strap. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, as a, as an athlete entertainer, you know, uh, I would want fans to be there, but to be able to do the sport that I love, uh, especially at a high level, uh, whether there's with fans or without fans, it's worth it. Uh, I, I would I would love for fans to be there in person, 
But due to everything going on in the world, it's like, hey, just turn on your TV and uh, make sure you tune in. You are now based in Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas has become somewhat of a hotbed for boxers who are training. Is that something that's working for you? Or do you wish that maybe it was still a little bit quiet so that you can work a little under the radar still? Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, something in my favor. Uh, moving to Las Vegas was uh, probably the best thing I could have ever done uh, for my personal life and for my boxing life. You know, I moved to Las Vegas to pursue my boxing career solely. Uh, and it's it's paid off. Uh, just the work inside the gym, outside the gym. You, you training with Bones? I, um, well, uh, I, Bones was my trainer. Uh, we decided to go our separate ways, but that's still my home gym. You know, I still gotcha. go to that gym and work out and, you know, I'm around all the great fighters and whatnot. But, yeah. You got uh, you got uh, that, that gym, to be honest with you, is a hidden gym in Vegas. I want to talk about that real quick because the other day, uh, Layla McCarter was in there. You got Jose Canseco and all these guys in there watching you work out. And somebody mentioned it like, like man, like Reese is in there working out. And Jose Canseco was watching and Layla McCarter was watching, bragging about you. I've been talking about you for a long time, man. When I saw you, mm -hmm. um, I, I just knew already, not only are you well-spoken, you're a good human being. You don't, you don't cause trouble. Like we haven't heard anything negative on you. And that's one thing that I think separates you from a lot of people that you are focused you are ready. You are on target. What do you see for your future? Yes, we have the interim strap. Yes, we have a lot of things going for you that are positive. But what do you see in your future as the pandemic still is raging? You still have to be careful. Las Vegas is still but you still have to watch yourself out there as far as the numbers are concerned. Where do you see yourself in 24 months? What do you got going for yourself inside mentally? Uh well, well, mentally, uh, I feel like it all starts with yourself. You know, it all starts with me. Uh, I, I like, I, I truly believe in myself. You know, I've foreseen this moment for a long time. You know, so like when I am in the gym, I'm, uh, it's tunnel vision. You know, A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to these fighters and that fighter. I'm like focused on what I'm doing. You know, and getting the uh, work in sparring. Uh, as far as fights, you know, I, um, I, I just want the world champions. I feel like I can be any current world champion, you know, and I'm not just, uh, trying to talk shit or say this and that. It's like, it's what I truly believe, you know? Um, but yeah, be, being in Vegas, you got to kind of watch yourself, you know, uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of great fighters, a lot of, uh, young prospects, uh, world champions in and out of the gym. Like you said, Jose Canseco, former world champions, just people watching you. You know, yeah. so when you're in the gym, you can kind of feel their eyes, you know, and it kind of makes you just want to push harder and, and everything. But I'm just trying to take everything to the uh, to the next level. Uh, I, I can't wait to get back into the ring. Uh, I, I want Akmadalia. I want Lewis Neary. I want Brandon Figueroa. I want Stephen Fulton. I want the big fights right now. Uh, I've never been a fighter to duck and dodge anybody. And uh, just everything is coming together. So I just got to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, tighten things up and continue to uh, progress. We saw cool boy Steph um, as well. And we know that you saw him uh, too. Is there talk, could that be the next fight for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it could be the next fight. You know, if, uh, if if he wants it, I want it, you know? So if he comes to the table, then we can 100% make that fight happen. Uh, he put on a great performance against Angelo Leo. He, uh, he beat Leo at uh, what Leo does best. You know, mm -hmm. on the inside, you know. So. It was a grimy fight, right? I mean, they were just 
I oh, connected well. the whole oh. time. Yeah. Forehead to forehead, a lot of punches thrown. And uh, at the end of 12 rounds, he wasn't even tired, you know, wasn't even breathing after throwing all those punches and whatnot, you know. So uh, seeing stuff like that, it's like, okay, all right, I like it. You know, good for him. He deserves to win. Mm. You know, if, if we are matched up next, I would love that fight. And I would make sure physically and mentally that I'm prepared to uh, do that. Yeah. When we talked to Clarissa Shields yesterday, and one of the things that she said is that fighters need to big themselves up, um, that you can't wait on your promoter, you can't wait on the networks. And so what she was saying is that you got to let people know what you're about every time you get a chance to. And you're not really like that big talking gregarious kind of guy you get in. I always say like, there's like lunch pale type of fighters. I was raised by my granddaddy. He just went to work, grabbed his lunch bucket, and he just did work. He's a construction worker by trade. But I want you to big yourself up. <laughs> uh, we want you to get more active on social media. What's it like for you in this new social media age? It's different than when you were watching your heroes, I'm sure. Um, how do you feel about the fan interaction and what do you make of the fact that they can pretty much say anything to you at any time or in about you? Um, well, you know, I try to let it go in one ear and not the other, you know, uh, you got social media gangsters, you know, the, <laughs> but you see them on the street, they can't even look you in the eye, you know, um, as far as for me, I'm trying to get more active on social media. My problem is I'm not a social media fighter. You know, it's like, uh, I'm really about that life. Like I really make mm -hmm. it happen. You know, I don't got to talk about it because, you know, you got people uh, barking saying they're they're this good and they're that good, but they, they when it counts, they get under those lights. They're, they're deer in the headlights. They get hit by mm -hmm. the car, crash and burn, they, you know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I am trying to be more active on social media. Uh, after my last fight in August, I decided to just kind of, you know, fall back because I knew what came next was going to be huge. Uh, this fight with Vic Pasillas, uh, you know, so I did exactly what I wanted to do. I got the win mm. in a spectacular fashion. And now it's time to get back on social media and, uh, you know, put out some workouts and show people what some of the things that I do inside the gym and some of the things I do outside the gym. I have one last question for you, and I'll let Cece uh, finish it up. For me, there are fighters that are fast-tracked, that are pushed too fast to me, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think you did it the right way, and I'm going to ask you if you feel the same way because, you know, again, it's been it's been it's been a number of years since you started in in the business. Uh, you didn't start two years ago, and you you push yourself, and we're talking yourself up to a title. I think you did it the right way. I appreciate. Mm -hmm because you did it quietly. You honed your skills. They matched you up in what I believe was correct fights. You actually had um, a, a rematch that you actually disposed of your, of your opponent rather fast. And I think that was a fight that I actually did. But I think that was an okay thing to do to keep you busy. Do you feel like fighters are being... Well, let me ask you this question. I'll, I'll ask it a different way. If a young fighter is going to start in the business and they're 18 years old, do you recommend taking the road that you took to get to the title or do you recommend talking and pushing your way forward with the social media? Because I feel that now you have honed your skills enough to where you're not going nowhere, bro. You're staying and you're going to probably capture a few more titles before it's all said and done. But I think that you're mature enough and you're ready enough and strong enough as a man now to fight and capture those titles. What do you think about that? 
Um, well, I feel like every, everything that I've gone through, all the trials and all the tribulations, the work I put in, the fights, you know, it prepared me for uh this moment and everything. And yeah, I, I would probably say my approach is a little bit better. You know, when they're young, uh, 18 and whatnot, you know, hungry lions. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they want to move fast. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to just, you know, go, go, go. But you can't be experienced. You know, having uh, competitive fights is what they need. You know, sometimes you get these young guys, they're in the gym killing it. You know, they're, you know, they're beating up top guys. And so they think that they're ready to step in the fire, but they might get caught with a punch and lose mm-hmm. a fight, you know, or they, you know, you, you just can't beat experience. Um, I would just say uh, having competitive fights is good. Um, especially early in your career, you don't have to fight bums. You know, you, you don't want a built up record. You want to earn that record, you right. know? So when the time comes, you can weather the storm. You know, there, there's too many guys out here who are like buying fights in Mexico and, you know, fighting these guys, they get the 15 and 16 and no, but when they fight a credible opponent, they drown, you know, they just, they, they can't hang. So having competitive fights, I feel like it's huge, but, uh, more importantly, being active, uh, being active, that's, you know, I can't stress that enough. Uh, ever since I became an active fighter, uh, shout out to Marshall Kaufman and uh, King's Promotion for uh, giving me that opportunity. Um, I, I've been able to take my fight game to the next level. Uh, you know, you can't go two years without a fight consistently and expect to be able to fight for a world title. Um, but yeah, just the, uh, the young fighters, I would uh, proceed with caution. Uh, you got time on your side. That, that's the biggest thing. Well, I want to. I want to just want to say you're a breath of fresh air, brother. Again, I'm glad I got to work with you uh, early on in your career. Uh, a lot of kids should be looking up to you, and I'm sure now after this world title fight and you becoming victorious, you're going to get a lot more young kids following you and looking up to you. So keep it up, and we're proud of you. Thanks. You're 18 and 0. Um, before we let you go, we see our our next guest is is up, but I do want you to answer this next question: When are we going to see you again, and who's it going to be against? Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, you're 18 and 0. Uh, before we let you go, who? When are we going to see you again, and who is it going to be against? So I'm I'm hoping to be back in action uh, by June. You know, I don't want a super long layoff. I just kind of want to get back into the lab, get working. I would love a fight with Akmadalia. Uh, I, I don't know if he has anything scheduled on the books, but he has two of the belts. So it's like, you know, let's make that fight happen. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping June, and I'm hoping this against any current world champion. Couldn't be Stephen Fulton if he accepts the fight. Louis Neary, Brandon Figueroa. Uh, I feel like it's time. I'm ready for it. Uh, I got the pen. Send the contract. <laughs> Let's do this. Thank you. Uh, we've been talking with Riley Salim. You're going to see him again, hopefully not too far into the summer. Good luck to you the next, the rest of the way, man. Hope to see you soon. Take care. Take care, brother. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So our next guest is actually um, in the background. We're going to circle back, um, Ralph, and, and debrief that. But I don't want to keep him waiting because the man's nickname is Boots. And I don't want him to get them boots walking nowhere. You, just you, you bring him in. Bring him so, in. Let's bring him out. Bring him out. Well, look at here. Look at here. <laughs> hey, how you doing? 
We are talking with Jerron Boots Edison. If you don't know, you need to know he's one of the hottest fighters on the planet right now. A lot of folks calling your name. Uh, we saw you last in December. What you been doing since? Um, uh, you know, you know, you know, I stayed in the gym. Uh, just after that fight, I, I just took like a couple of days off, and I got right back in the gym just to. Just to work on some things and just get better and uh, smarter to, uh, to better my career. And that's about it, though. Just been chilling, having fun, and, and just trying to better myself. Now, you're 26 and 0, correct? Yes. Set the record. So, people out of Philly have been talking about you for a long time. And they always say that, you know, Philly fighters it hit a little different when you have to come up through those Philly gyms. What does that mean? Like, for people who don't understand that. Um, it just, it just mean that like we like we was raised up tough like we coming up outside of boxing and inside of boxing you guys fight the you got fight and spar the best guys like uh, ever since I was about like 12, 13 years old I've been sparring professional uh boxers since I was about twelve or thirteen years old and that's what made me today and as you as you you guys know I didn't have that many amateur fights but I got a lot of experience from like sparring these top guys and and at a young age and. And that, that's what molded me into like, the fighter I am now. You know, Ralph, yeah, I'm on the West Coast, but I'm a New Yorker. Um, and growing up, like it was just saying that Philly is that city where, like, f around and find out. Like that should be on like the sign when you get to the city limits. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have a different type of different type of toughness. Like we uh, we, we always find a way to win and, and dig deep. Now, you guys have a, a, a history, uh, obviously, Blue Horizon, 2300 now is starting to take over, starting to do more fights there. What does it mean for you to be able to get out of the, the infrastructure of Philadelphia? What I mean by that is not only were you fighting in the ring, man, you also have to take care of yourself outside of the gym and around the city. And that's the main thing that we always deal with when we talk to Philly fighters like, hey, man, you think fighting in the ring was tough for us. Try walking down the street you know, five, five blocks from our gym, and then you, you'll you find a fight. So for me, there was a quote on uh, your social media that I really, really loved. You said, sometimes what didn't work out for you really worked out for you. Can you can you elaborate on that? Because I think some of these young kids right now don't understand that when something falls flat, and I, even in, in, in our career, what we do, when something doesn't pan out, I get really upset, man, and frustrated. But then, you know what? I have to realize that sometimes it's better off. You're better off for you, right? So, can you elaborate on that for us? It definitely. Sometimes you just uh, like things happen for a reason. And like, like, like I always say, and and look at me now. Like I'm getting a, a bigger and better opportunity to showcase my skills, and and that's it. That's why I treated that too. I'm like, look, things like it's in God's hands, and everything happened for a reason. And I'm just happy. Hmm. And it's it's funny that that we on the outside looking in are not in the ring and we can get inspired by that. I was inspired by that. And I found it. I actually found it a couple, you know, a while back. And I was like, man, this is a couple of days ago and I was going to save it because I knew you would come on there because, yeah. you know, it, it helps everybody. Even the kids with school and people that, that are, are trying to get a job and it don't work out for them. Yeah. Man. There's, there's a metaphor for life, bro, in this sport. And that's why we love it so much. And, and TC, I just have to say that, man, because it stuck with me. It, it stuck yeah. with me deep. It definitely just shows. Just, I mean, a reason, another reason why I posted it too, is just an uh, example for the kids, and just like they never give up. Just always keep doing what you do, and uh, something will happen. Something bigger happen. Just uh, stay down, wait your time, and be patient, and, and that's exactly why I posted it too. Um, 
you know, a lot of times you, because you've had 26 fights, there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of time to to reflect on it because you really got to get back in the lab and then get ready for uh, the next fight. We're going to talk about who that next fight is against. But what I want mm-hmm. you to do is take me to the moment when you're on that climb when you realize, like, this is working out for me. I'm meant to be here. Was there a certain fight where you started to put that together for yourself? Um, uh, you, might, you might as well say since I back in amateur when I won four national tournament street. And ever since then, I'm like, this, this, I, I'm destined to be great. And I know I'm going to be a, a multi, uh, multi, uh, multi division champion. And now that I turn professional, I just keep building and, and taking my legacy, family legacy name to another level. So I feel like it's just going to keep going. How old were you when you started? Um, I've been, I've been boxing all my life. I was in a gym. I was in like a little jumper. I couldn't even walk. I was in a in a jumper. So I've been in boxing. I've been boxing <laughs> Who all my life. Who brought you in the jumper? My dad. <laughs> my dad. My dad used to hang the jumper on the uh, like right by one of the bags, and I used to just be jumping up and down. I had gloves on and everything. I gotta find the pictures. I'm gonna post it when I find the pictures. Cece, I know you follow the sport, but I love the amateur scene because it's really big here in Arizona. And, and I'm gonna tell you something: to get to a national championship in Golden Gloves. You don't just fight three times and then you're there. Like this is a whole, like you, it's a season pretty much. You you can't slip up. You have to be ready. Uh, I went to a a tournament that a a couple of friends were were, were in and they had already fought. And I forgot that these guys had to stay on weight. So these guys are in a a three, four, five day tournament. They're done fighting. Usually these guys, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. No, 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 no. You have to chill because you have to weigh in at that same weight. For the whole five days i mean so to be able to do that back to back man some of this stuff is probably like this is they say it's saying this ain't nothing for me i've already been through two years of having to make sure that i was on weight five or six days in a row man so we got to give you props mm-hmm. for that um, one thing i do want to touch on um as of as, as dealing with situations when you fought a brayu that was i think i believe that was your first time in a bubble situation yeah. uh even myself as being an announcer, being in that situation, man, I'm looking out the window. I'm seeing people hanging out downstairs at the hotel. I'm waving. I'm just trying to figure out how I can get outside, man. And, and I, luckily, I have my PS4 and my fire stick. Otherwise, I would have went crazy. How did? How were you able to adjust to that? Because we're we ask everyone because for some, they already kind of put themselves in a bubble weeks prior to a fight. So. Some say it's easy. Some say they hate it. How did you feel about that first time being in Connecticut in that bubble? Um, it actually was like kind of, it was easy for me. It was normal because like when I fight, I really don't do too much anyway. I just I like to sit in my hotel room and just chill and and like chill with the fam or whoever I have down there. That's the only thing that I couldn't have like my family around and I couldn't like walk downstairs or go walk here or walk because you know the security right there on the same floor and you got oh yeah they like give me that bracelet. Yeah, they, got, they got they have to walk you everywhere so you just it's just more strict but at the end of the day it was like kind of like it fit me anyway because i i didn't do too much anyway when i was like when i was getting ready for fights and stuff like that i always used to stay, stay in my room and just chill with my fam until until fight time and that's yeah. kind of the same thing but now it was just about me by myself or me and my dad or me and my dad and my other trainer so it was just kind of like normal to me you look great against Abreu, and I think because you constantly seem to be improving, um, just little things, fine-tuning little things um, here and there in every fight. 
Who's the fighter who surprised you most where you felt like you had to push a little bit more? Um, uh, in my career? Mm-hmm. Um, in the pros. Uh, I'm not sure. I just... At the They're just all oh, it's just another dude to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because uh, you got to respect everybody that get in the ring. And, uh, and, but um, I'm not sure. I just... Like I said, I always just go back uh, after I fight. And that same day, that same night after I fight or the next morning, I start studying myself, like, what, what I need to do better or I need to use my jam or I just try to fix – I try to find things that I need to fix or where I can better myself at. And, I, like, I'm my worst critic. Like, I, I always think I don't do what I need to do, basically. Like, But at the end of the day, when I watch it, I look, always look better than what I thought. So it's just, it's just crazy, like. Well, you're about to uh, get back to work. Uh, in the past 24 hours, I've seen the name Lippinets actually coming across the wire. Is that fight confirmed? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's final. <laughs> it's like, did you sign your, your government name somewhere? It's, it's final. It's, it's it's final, and uh, I can't wait. I'm ready. These are the type of fights I've been waiting for. And now What's the date? See. Huh? What's the date? That's April, sometime in April. So I thought I saw the seventeenth. Is that correct? Um, I know the tenth is a Saturday. April tenth. April tenth. That's that is my birthday. So <laughs> yeah, come on, with it. come on with a big number for your birthday. Come, come with it. I'm, I'm gonna actually look after, after that went on. Be like, you know what? That was that was for me. So y'all, you know, y'all welcome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> In the Van Heerden fight, even though it was only less than a round, man, and I know yeah. it's got to be disappointing for you uh, to go through that, um, did you have any different feelings walking down? Yes, there was no fans, but did you have any different feelings? Like, okay, it's for a title. Like, we're doing this right now. Like, And then for it to end like that, do you think that now, even though it was only a round, you went through all that stuff in the beginning, the weigh-in process, of walking down the aisle, knowing you fighting for a title. You ready for that now? I mean, I know what kind of fighter you are. I heard from Emily Panelakis about you for years already, man. Yeah. Um, but did, was it? Were you able to say, okay, I got all these 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 bugs, these nervousness of walking down the aisle for a title out of the way? Does it prepare you now to move on and face whatever challenges you have? Or again, like CC said, is it just another day for you? Just another opponent? We're just going in there for. That's, that's exactly what she said. It just. Every time I fight, it's just another day for me. It just, it's normal to me. Like, I've been around this sport all my life. And as you guys know, that uh, both my brothers were professional boxers. They fought on Showtime, ESPN, and always had the cameras around them and stuff like that. So, so when the cameras came around me, it was like normal for me. And I wasn't nervous. I know how to talk. I know how to say certain things. And, and I know what to do. So, and everybody always asked me, like, are you never nervous or are you, or you just know what you're doing. I was like, I've been around it all my life. Both my, yeah. my brothers were professional boxers, and my dad was a professional boxer also. So I got to, to see all three of them, and and it's just a blessing. And now it's time time to make, time for me to take the name to a different level and and go grab these world titles. We see your name prominently displayed on the on the trunks. Um, talk to me about the drip. Are you <laughs> are you? Do you collaborate with somebody specifically to actually get your your ring rock trunks together? Because it's always fire. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, my esteem, my extreme stitch, uh, Mr. Lewis Gonzalez. He, he does my uh, outfits. 
He been on my office since I turned. That's my dude. He lives. He lives two miles from me. That's my yeah. guy. He, he makes he, all my stuff in Phoenix. Yeah, man. Yeah. He does. He does all my outfits, and uh, he been doing a phenomenal job. And I appreciate him. And whatever I ex, he do it for me. So <laughs> I appreciate it. And he take the time out him and his him and his wife, and I, I I truly appreciate it. But it's uh how I come up with things. I just try to find different things like different costumes and stuff like. Halloween stuff. I tried to mix it together and had fun with it, and then I let Mr. Stitch do his uh, own thing too with it. So it just be it's a C great collaboration. <laughs> oh yeah, see, he's the one that made the uh, bulletproof vest for David Benavides and his dad yeah, when yeah. they fought. Yeah, he's the one that came up with that. I mean, the, the dude is yeah. brilliant. He has all the stuff yeah. in his house. He and his wife get down. I mean, he's a he's yeah. his yeah. mind is unbelievable, man. He's yeah. a good dude too. He's I'm glad you guys are working together. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, and he's fast, and he he does exactly what you want. Whatever you say, he's going to do exactly what you uh what you ask for. Yep, yeah. yep, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll give CC the last uh, uh, words here. But for me, man, I just want to tell you congratulations on all that you're doing. Uh, you have gone from again fighting since like you said you couldn't even you couldn't even stand to all these tournaments. I've seen it with my own eyes what these kids go through. You know, 95% of them don't make it out of those tournaments to go on to play, to fight professionally. They usually just last a couple of fights. You were able to get through the gauntlet, not one time, but two-time national uh, Golden Gold champs, and that's that's really unheard of, man, uh, nowadays because everybody's trying to jump and go pro and do all these other crazy yeah. things. Try, try I just want to tell you to keep, to keep on uh, inspiring the kids because it's important. It's important that these kids have role models, especially out of your neighborhood and your city, it, it, it's, it's never easy there, man. And if one person can come out, out of that area and say, I want to be like Boots, then you've done your job, man. So keep on pushing for me to you. I try my best to do what I can for the kids around here. You're doing a good job. We're all proud of you. Keep on going, and we can't wait to see you fight again. Thank you. I truly appreciate it for you guys having me, too. I definitely appreciate it. We're talking with Jerome Boots. Ennis, where did the nickname come from? Um, I'm gonna give y'all the short version. <laughs> it's a long story, but uh, like as you guys know, that I've been in boxing all my life, and my dad brought me in the gym when I was little, and I was in a jumper, and and I was running around, and you know, I always been around the gym, so and I was running around and just having fun. And my dad be, used to say, "Come here, Boops." My original nickname was Boops, B O O P S, but everybody thought he was saying Boops like your shoes, so we just kept it Boops, and it stuck. It stuck with me, so it was just. I like it. <laughs> That's cool. You a soldier. I understand. Like in time, like you grew just, into it. Yeah, it just stuck with me. I, I think I was about like two or three years old, and this was this is after I had when I got older and stuff. Like I'm seeing like two or three years old, and and that's when it started happening. I was running around playing in the gym, and <laughs> my dad's like, oh, "Boots, come here! Boots, come here!" And I used to think like talking about boots, like shoes. So I just we just kept it. <laughs> <laughs> what um you you grew up in the gym and around the boxing business what are you looking to do outside of boxing to um to grow i think you know as a man but also just to have opportunities for yourself outside of boxing um at the end of the day uh, I, I just want to be bigger than boxing like um i want to keep it uh inspiring the kids and, and doing the right thing and making a blueprint for them and so they can go down the right paths and not go a different way. And that's why I'm continuing to work hard and keep grinding and doing what I'm doing now. And hopefully, uh, like like he, like like you just said, 
kid be like, oh, I want to be like like uh, Jerron Ennis. And another kid this year, I want to be like Jerron Ennis. And next thing you know, we got a bunch of boxers because of me. And, and that, that I would love to see that. And so that's why I'm going to continue to keep grinding and doing what I'm doing now. And, and definitely just do all the right things with my money and stuff like that. Just, just, just be smart outside the ring and make all the right decisions. Do uh do any of the social media trolls and CC brought up a good point to 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 raise do any of the social media trolls do they bother you do you play it off I try not to look at stuff just you know if I'm doing something and I know I've fouled up I, I try not to look at Twitter for at least a couple of days because I don't want to be that guy but <laughs> like do you ever go on there and be like man like and see something that you don't like I mean do you take it personally do you try to remember that this could be someone from some couch in 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 Florida that that don't even really know what you're about because even I'm gonna be honest when I see it I'm like damn like that's cool even if it's from my colleagues I'm like man I feel bad for them because you know they're, they're getting hit up on Twitter does it bother you at all or do you just shake it I off mean, like you shook everything else off? Yeah, I just I don't I really don't pay too much attention to it even though I, like I don't get too much of it anyway because I'm not in the mix or anything I don't you know I don't do anything negative or nothing like that it's, it's always one person here and there but. They don't. They don't bother me. Uh, they, they know I'm not responding anyway. It's, it's pointless. I'm not about to sit here and argue with you and I'm, and you sitting on the couch like you said. And, <laughs> and I'm out here trying trying to uh, change my life and uh, change other people's lives too, and, and get get better, better each and every time. Oh, that's good. That's good because that's actually the best way to go about it. I got to learn my mm -hmm. lessons sometimes and just ignore. Yeah. Cece does a good job of it. She's the one setting trends on IG and stuff. So I got to follow her lead, man. Yeah, I, I never respond. It's, it's it's no point. <laughs> It is no, no point. point. We do have a little bit of breaking news. Um, doesn't impact you directly, but like to get your opinion on it. So Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo have agreed to fight in May, as long as um, the fight, you know, comes out of it with Jill Jerum on February 27th with no significant damage. What do you think about that? Is that the fight that everybody wants with uh, Canelo? Um, I think that is the fight that everybody want to see. Uh, that one, and I think uh, guys want to see him versus the big Charlo and I think Demetrius Andre. And you see Caleb Plan and David Benavides in that mix too. And Caleb, yeah, and Caleb Plan, uh, David Benavides. Uh, th th those should be his five fights right there. Billy Joe. I just want to see Plan and David fight and stop talking and just fight already, man. Like, they even they even got the dad mixed up in all this stuff. Now I just want to see him fight already. Just stop getting right. people's daddies involved, man. So before we let you go, let's go ahead and tease the fight one more time, and also tell people where they can find you. Um, I'm fighting April 10th uh, on Showtime. Make sure you guys tune in. Uh, you guys can find me at Jerron Ennis on all social media, and it's about it. Uh, continue to keep watching me on my journey, and. Uh, yeah, these guys are gonna see why I'm uh, one of the why, why I am the best works for you in the world. My boy Joey's late. He just uh, he just announced a fight, Joey. You have to hit me up on a DM and I'll I'll <laughs> fill you in. We got big things coming up for my man right here. It's gonna big be good, CC. Listen, that welterweight division is has been on fire for a long time. I mean, in on your side of the street, uh, especially there's a lot of options. Uh, you got your eye on somebody that's in the stable. Uh, everybody know I want them all. I just, I just want to be great and be the best and uh, be an undisputed world champion. So I, uh, after I do my thing, April tenth, and and I put on this beautiful show and, and come home with this knockout. Um, I want 
I want all the world titles. So whatever world title opportunity I can get. Appreciate your time. Best of luck to you. Hope to see you back. Um, and um, go ahead and get my win on uh, my birthday. Uh, definitely. Keep I will. inspiring the kids. Keep inspiring the kids, baby. We love it. Thank you very much, man. Most Take care. Thank you. All the love. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sir. Bye now. Anytime. Come back anytime. I will. All right, hey man, yeah, shit, we got two well-spoken, beautiful guests today. I'm excited for the future. Like, I hadn't talked to uh, Ali in a minute, and that's the first time I've actually had a conversation with Boots. I like him, man. He's cool. Listen, there is, you know, of course you get the boxers who got a lot to say. It's the fight business. You're supposed to be able to talk shit every now and then. I get yeah. it. But it is also important to understand that this is a business and to be able to put all that stuff together work hard, be successful at your job, but also understand that it's a business. And um, with Boots being very conscious of the fact that he is being looked at by young people and having something to say when you open your mouth, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I listen, I give his people props for that too. He was raised like that. Yeah. You know, it just and that's not happen like that. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is that like, you know, sometimes we're blessed with good uh, uh, Parental figures. It doesn't have to be the mother or father. It could be grandparents, uncle, coaches, whatever the case may be. I know that when I coach my sports uh, outside of boxing, I try to make sure that there's life lessons involved and they learn life lessons because, you know, uh, he may not have want to go to eight weeks of camp or 12 weeks of camp, or maybe he didn't want to fight you know, um, six straight days and having to keep on weight just to get to a national qualifier out of his state. It's crazy. Those tournaments are crazy. These kids are fighting like so many times, Dude. few months span, and to be able to be a national Golden Glove champions out of that region. You got Philly. You got New York. You got Jersey. You Jersey. got crazy heads down there. I mean, they're so the, the the national Golden Gloves in New York were selling out Madison Square Garden. You want to talk about pressure? Like bonkers. It's bonkers, and and to be able to to credit his father multiple times and, and to actually listen to the man and grow up. See, the thing I like about it the most is that, you know, as a, as a toddler, he's in there seeing what they're doing. He's seeing, mm -hmm. and he credits that like, Hey, cameras, I'm already used to them. They don't mean shit to me. I've been around since I was a kid. I know how to act, you know, he sees his father, you know, the act in a certain way or his relatives act in a certain way when they're around. Well, you know, you can't be acting up and it's good that, that he's looking at the at the at the children, um, especially in Philadelphia. I've been there a couple of times. It's pretty rough, man. You know, and and our friend Michelle Rosado, she's from that area, and she um, she said it many a times. This is not a place you want to mess around in, not even for two seconds, because you will get dealt with really fast. And uh, yeah, I mean, Joey is saying, um, you know, he likes this kid and don't see his name out there like it should be. I think we're about to, we're about to see, because you can't just keep recycling those five guys. Yeah. Um, and the thing with, with boots is that he's had 26 fights and what's how that works in his favor is that people are getting to know him as he is seasoned. Mm -hmm. You know, he got to make some mistakes off camera, you know, basically. Yeah. So before everybody started paying attention. And so now I think that he's ready, you know, stick a microphone in his face, put him in that squared circle, a lot of different things. And so we are going to be able to see him at his best and not so much on his learning curve. And I really, really think that's great for him. Yeah. And that's why I say about both of them is that, you know, 
I know like the Berlangas of the world who just come in and they're phenoms and they just start knocking everybody out. And all of a sudden talking about him fighting David in titles. I get that. That's cool. Right. But at the end of the day, man, why wouldn't you want to be like, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I see, uh, I see maturity in fighting in Kansas in a yeah, middle develop. of, a, you know, yeah, I, I, there's, there's value to that. There's, appreciation for where you're going mm -hmm. pushed up and you don't get to fight at the Arizona state fairgrounds or, you know, you know, the Kansas pig festival, whatever, whatever we were doing out there. And it's like, you don't, you, you don't, you don't get to experience and you don't get to appreciate where you've been to see where you're going and understand that, man, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. And both of these guys spoke highly of that. And I'm, I'm really impressed. I, I, yes. These guys' future. I was really well spoken. Good show today, CC. This, listen, it's yeah. something you know. We've we've kind of turned a corner in uh, boxing where you could just be like the dummy on social media. Um, you know, there, there's kids out here who are coming from the strap who got it put together. They are definitely on the top of my list of in terms of ones to watch. Want to um, rewind just a little bit, but uh, Jeremy Long. Um, the other part of levels is um, he was unavailable, but he did drop some knowledge on us uh, in the chat. He said that Kamaru Usman said he fought Masvidal with a broken nose that caused by Justin Gaethje while they were training. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, listen, um, he, Kamaru Usman has disposed of both Masvidal and Kobe Covington, they all came out of that same gym. Uh, Usman removed himself out of that American top team gym. There's a lot of welterweights in there. And after a while, people start licking their chops. And that's why I was talking with Boots about it. It's like, well, every, once in a while, you know, your stable mates realize like y'all going to get matched up at um, a certain point. And everybody fight her, but, you know, fight with a broken nose. I'm going to have to look back because I talked with them up close. I'm going to go ahead and like zoom in. And see, uh, speaking of being broke, I don't know if you guys talk about that uh, yesterday with Jeremy because I watched part of the show. I was traveling Saturday. We got to do a quick rewind on both back and forth. A uh, little problem with the UFC uh, broadcast, a little upset. Uh, we kept having some flipper flapper. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, I was very upset about that. But what that allowed me to do was run back and watch my boy Angelo Leo and Cool Boy Steph. Yeah. Fourth highest punch output in that weight division in the history of boxing. Dang. Uh, it was outrageous. Props to both. Angelo fought a good fight. Cool boy Steph changed the game on me. He, he, uh, man, I. Too strong. He was completely, too strong. completely was shocked. Uh, mm -hmm. He decided to go into to hell and fight with the devil. Face-to-face, mano-a-mano. I did not expect that. I expected an outside game in with his speed out, counterpunch, and it was completely different from the outset. I mean, he was even giving Angelo, you know. They the, were fighting like forehead you know, to forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, fight. Yes, and Angelo, for being as good as he was, he was just a little bit uh, slower than Cool Boy Steph on that night, and, and it may be, uh, you know, that he's just a slower fighter. Uh, cool Boy Definitely fast, definitely strong uh, on Saturday, and he deserved the win. Now the scores were a little bit, a little outrageous for me. They were, they were 
wide, but honestly, I only gave Angela one more round, so it was. I, I thought it was appropriate, you know. Yeah, it was. I, 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 it, was it just it sounds bad when yeah. you that the punch output and what these guys went through. Props to both of those guys and proper twelve. Uh, what do you? What, I mean, what it do you say about that? You see that? That's your area, McGregor. <laughs> Uh, being uh, knocked out Saturday, uh, very surprising, considering that he was a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite betting wise. And what do you make of that? What's next for that man? I mean, you guys probably talked about it yesterday, but yeah. well, actually, you know, it's funny we didn't get into it too much. We had Clarissa, so we like gave. Oh her yeah, all no, time. you can't. Yeah, <laughs> we gave you gotta, her all the time. You got to give um, her the rope all the time. But um, Connor has. He move, he's a welterweight who is not quite big enough to compete at welterweight with by right. you know the top five guys. Kamara Usman, who's a champion in that division, would dispose of him quick, fast, and in a right. hurry. So right. he moonlights at 155. He's got two losses back to back at 155. So he's out of the top 10 um, when the rankings came out yesterday. And I think that's right. He cannot, no, he wants the rematch with Dustin. Dustin's about to have a title shot. You can't rematch if Dustin wins, even if he doesn't. You don't you get that. You're not in the top 10 anyway, You're right? You're not you in the top a... 10. But here's the problem UFC yeah. has Conor McGregor is their top moneymaker. Period. And I don't even think it's close. I mean, <clears throat> Jones is probably maybe the next one, but he doesn't pull in international uh, pay-per-view money like Conor McGregor does. So they need that guy. And Conor says he wants to fight at least three more times this year. There were um, so many pay-per-views yeah. that I think he ended up making like $20 million more on the pay-per-view than he did the fight. Yeah, he, so, he got five million. He got five mil guaranteed for that fight, which is interesting because he got – um, two million to fight Donald Cerrone, but he got five mil guaranteed in a pandemic. There's no live gate. Um, they got, I think it was like two thousand people in that arena, um, in Yaz Island, and those seats were anywhere from like seven hundred and ninety-eight dollars. I think they said up to two thousand. One like a whole whole lot. So, yeah. uh, UFC is making a lot of money. You know, they, yes. they they didn't eat all that twenty mil. Like they got it from somewhere. Oh yeah, they got it from somewhere, and it's probably the same place that uh, Andy Reese and uh, Joshua, that whole you know situation they got going on down there. What uh, do you make of him? Fight don't call me now. up. I'll go in and fight somebody for thirty-eight seconds. Shoot! Now he has the same um, team as uh, Pacquiao. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, I think that's going to be more likely to happen. Well, I know Floyd is upset about it, but I understand how much easier it is to, for a pack to make that fight with. Um, well, it's not It's easy. If you want to make a fight with Floyd Mayweather, that like at this level, it's going to be easy too. But I just think with Connor, it's a lot smoother. Well, my buddy, Sean Gibbons, who is the manager uh, uh, and consultant for most of the Filipino fighters, and the, uh, I believe, CEO, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of Mayweather, uh, Mayweather Promotions, uh, Manny Pacquiao Promotions, um, he already put the gloves of Connor and Manny on <laughs> post right after the fight was over. I mean, that's that's the next step. And uh, I know that if you have that fight uh, after the, the vaccine uh, gets out and you're able to put in forty or 50,000 outside of the stadium, they're gonna sell forty or fifty thousand tickets easy. Like in four minutes, they're gonna like sell in, that. Like in, in yeah, and so I mean, I think that's the next move. I think uh, 
even Connor's manager was quoted as saying, we think he's going to kind of uh, push over to the boxing side. He realizes that he doesn't have to take as much pounding, you know, but, you know, and now they got means on him now. You don't want that. He's not going to get a championship shot anytime soon. Like, so you want to go through those young killers in the division at 155, work your way back up, and then, hey, Dustin got something for you. If you somebody, get there. somebody told me that after the Floyd fight, he's never been the same. And I don't, and they, they mentioned the punching, and, and, and it was not the punching. It is the fact that you're given a check for a certain amount. Uh, and I think that you start to live your life, you, know, you start making money outside of the sport. And you just get to a point where you're like, okay, um, I'm making a lot of money. Maybe I'm not as hungry as I was when I was on my food stamps. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm older now. You know, who knows what happens? What do you think about that, Ralph? Because most boxers end up in the sport because they had to, like, they had to fight um, outside of the gym. And the gym became a safe place for them. And they, learn to hone their skills in there but after a while you start to realize taking damage in your on your body is a real thing and the smart ones understand that you don't have to keep proving to somebody that you can do that especially when you get to a level like conor mcgregor listen this guy is probably worth about half a bill right now yeah you know that uh thomas delore uh who is not a 10 million dollar fighter is calling me uh, and want to fight you? Well, no, he wanted to do some real estate deals because he realizes mm-hmm. that, you know, it's coming down the hill. Like they're, they're rounding third, getting ready to slide into home and call it, call it a day. These fighters, and, I, and you know, CC, I'm a big proponent of these guys getting paid outside of the ring. They don't take advantage of They've been lied to pretty much. Um, yeah. And I'm not calling any promoter out or any manager. Please don't, don't misconstrue that. It's just that so many outside individuals that these promoters and managers don't even realize that are trying to hang around and leech onto these guys. Hey, I got this idea. Let's open this wing stop. Blah, 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 blah. Give me a million here. Blah, blah, blah. What yeah. And sometimes these guys fall for it and they end up becoming super broke and having to fight until they're 38 or 39 and, and getting all these losses. Connor doesn't do that anymore, right? He's got so many things. So if he's going to say, okay, I want to put – Another, I'm gonna fight again. Maybe make five hundred thousand because I'm not even a top ten anymore, and risk getting hurt again by one of these young studs. Or I can go fight Manny Pacquiao, who's older than I am, and I can make probably thirty, forty million dollars. I mean, there, there's a no-brain situation. Watch out, chickens. watch y'all's chickens so yes yes yeah so with that listen it's been a great show we've had some really good um back to back oh one thing i wanted to ask you so yesterday clarissa uh, we talked to her about what's next in women's boxing she's fighting on the all-female card first time i missed that I'm sad I missed that show. I should catch play back. Catch, catch play back. Um, having it's the first time it's happened since 2001 for a woman uh, to actually headline a card. But I asked her, you know, what's next for women's boxing? And she talked about the possibility um, of there being an all women's fight network and or even a channel. She, you know, she's going to be on Fight TV. There's opportunity for Roku. What do you what do you make of maybe that the appetite for something like that? You know, if I say the re- the way I really feel about it, I'll probably get shit thrown at me. What needs to happen 
What are the steps that we need to have someone like China from the WWE come in and get these males attention. The problem is, is that um, they haven't been promoted for a long time. These girls are fighting. Uh, when I did Amanda Serrano's, uh, I believe it was when she, it was eight divisions at that time. She was, uh, that, that bout would have been uh, tied her with Oscar De La Hoya and Manny Pacquiao for the most titles in divisions in the history of boxing. Mm-hmm. It was in her hometown and there was probably like 4,000 people there because the pay-per-view was barely getting started. Uh, and that was the last fight. We had her on Showtime. It was a wonderful fight. And I felt really bad because Amanda Serrano and the quote Shields and everybody else, they deserve better. They really do. I actually enjoy watching them fight. Um, you know, like my friend Sulem Urbina, she's fantastic. Uh, she's she's beautiful. These women are work just as hard, if not even harder, to earn their place. And I really hope that if they do end up with an all-women's network, they're going to need a major sponsor behind it. I'm not talking like a, they need like a Coke a Pepsi, a Nike, Under Armour. Somebody will get smart and say, okay, we can branch out and develop this thing into a huge, like women's soccer. Women's soccer was dead until they made that run in the World Cup. Now women's soccer is more popular than the men's soccer in this country. So there's a way to do it. It's just got to be done correctly. It's got to be marketed correctly. You got to put product placement behind these women, which is not done uh, enough. And they have to be able to tell the story. Yes. Like you got to be able to sit here with your honey bunches of oats as a six-year-old girl. Be like, mommy, who's that? Oh, that's Clarissa Shields on the Wheaties box, whatever. That doesn't, that doesn't happen right now. Back in the day when Ali and all these fighters, they were, there's product placement everywhere. Now you had to do that because you had no social media. You had no cell phones, no IG. How else were you going to see these guys? You put them on product. And I think you got to go old school and you have to, do that with the women. I, I would like to see it. They deserve it. They're severely underpaid. They work just as hard. My friend Layla McCarter should be a multi-gajillionaire right now. Yeah. She won so many titles. Uh, not only the, the big sanctioned bodies, but the GDB, ABC, WBG, whatever. She had to go all the way to Germany to fight because nobody wanted to fight her here because there was no fights. I mean, that shit just should not be happening. So it's quite ridiculous. But I look at what UFC has done with Amanda Nunez, right? Amanda, first of all, is Brazilian born. Her English is getting better, but it's not her first language. She's not what you would say traditionally beautiful. Um, and she is married to her partner, who is a woman. So she she's not in the box at all right. in terms right. of how you would think that you would have to market a female fighter. But what does she do? She just wins. That's my mother's favorite. My mother loves that lady. My mother's like, okay, Amanda's fighting. We ain't do nothing. Don't call me. Don't do nothing. My mom's a big fan. She's a big fan of the UFC and of of Amanda. And again, you know, it's got to be seen, though. There's a platform for her to be able to kick ass, right? And that's why Clarissa wins the PFL. She's going to have ESPN behind her. ESPN, you know damn well, just like they do with your North Carolina Tar Heels and the Duke, Mm -hmm. all these teams that they want front and center. Like, you know, ESPN just made Luka Doncic the greatest basketball player yeah. live for the last two months. And, and and ESPN can do that. So I think ESPN... I want to see her during March Madness. You know, I want... I want to see her during kind of like their other premier sports, just like they did uh, how Fox and ESPN did with Deontay and Tyson Fury. Yeah. And, and I think you're going to see it. I think they're going to get smart and realize they're missing out on so many dollars from the young females 
who are buying other things, uh, Fashionova and all this other stuff. They could be buying Clarissa Shields' um, boxing line or, or hoodie line or whatever. I mean, she's still, I'm surprised, uh, you know, Clarissa called me up, girl, we'll, we'll make it work because she should be having her whole line of shit right now. She, she should already have this stuff. She, she should be making smoothies. She can have a whole smoothie line. I'm just saying it's not done right now. It needs to be done. And when that's done and when it's pushed and when ESPN decides to put those marketing dollars and put her on Sports Center and do all these things that they used to do to everybody else, that's when you're going to see the big jump. And she's going to cheat. Clarissa Shields is going to be one of the most well-known, richest females in the next five to ten years, mark my word, because of what she just did and the platform that she just jumped on. It's going to happen. And I hope it does because she deserves yeah. it. I yeah, mean, she's, she's earned it, man. Well, yeah. some ass, too. That girl can, man. She can throw. It's a whole different thing when Clarissa gets in there. It's not these wild, swooping, slappy punches. She's can box. Yeah. <laughs> so, with yep. that, hey, y'all, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us. If you join late, go ahead and, and catch the replay. We had uh, Raya Salim on earlier, and then we also had Jerome Boots Ennis. Those are fighters you're going to be hearing more from in 2021, and you're going to hear more from us come next week. So uh, I just Before you hang up, Cece, I want to interrupt you like I, I've been doing pretty much all day, and I'm sorry. That's <laughs> what we do. Uh, I want to thank you for for looking out for me. Uh, I want to thank everybody for reaching out, uh, sending me text messages every day, emails. Uh, I'm barred from Facebook again because I told somebody I'm banned from 30 days, so I've not been able to answer back. Uh, to I had a lot of people reaching out to me, uh, hoping that I got better and wishing uh, well wishes for me, and I really appreciate you, CC, for keeping an eye on me, asking if I needed anything. You know, I, I should have hit you up on a DoorDash uh, <laughs> I did. I hit. I was like, yeah, I, I know. I, I should. I'm like, damn. I really could go for some Wingstop lemon pepper right now. <laughs> we'll say that for another day. But I want to thank you. I love you very much. I appreciate you. I'm so glad that I'm back. I'm so glad that I'm healthy enough to be able to do a normal life situation. I'll be with you. I missed you. And, and uh, we're gonna have a big year, uh, CC. We're gonna have a big 2021. Big shout out to Mike, to Jeremy, everybody that's on this platform. We're about to blow it up, and it's only gonna get better. So thank Let's you. Do that. So I'm Cassandra Cousineau, your girl, the Sports Nisa, signing off for Rambling Ralph Velez. Uh, Jeremy Long and I will see you next week as well. Yeah. Have a good freaking day. <laughs>